For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody, and happy Monday. Welcome to another episode of the College Game Time Podcast. I am your host, Trey Smith, and if you don't already know, our goal, our show is on a mission to become the number one platform for the American Athletic Conference. We are fastly approaching that point, and I'm here to say once we get there, we ain't going to stop. So, um, Hope you all had a great weekend. We finally got some football over the weekend. It was a beautiful thing, even though some of the results were a little bit messy. Um, week one now, everybody's on deck this week. This is, man, there's a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement, and I can't wait to share with you what's going to be happening in the College Game Time Network uh, as, over the course of this week as far as uh, live streams and things of that nature. But before I get into today's show, uh, which will include uh, a rundown of Navy Notre Dame. And then we're going to dive into this realignment stuff, man. Realignment is bleeding into regular season. Realignment season is interrupting or bleeding into regular season. But we're going to talk about it because <laughs> it's almost comical at this point. But there are some things I think are, are worthy of discussing and uh, including uh, a tidbit that came out regarding Oresco over the weekend. Um, and just all the madness right now with the Big 12 and the ACC and just the rumors and the reports. And so we're going to get into all of it right now today on this episode. But if you're watching on YouTube, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, comment at the end, share it with a friend. If you're feeling generous, leave a super thanks. Shout out to the people from the stream on Saturday that uh, contributed to that. Uh, your generosity is very much appreciated. If you're listening on a streaming platform like Apple Pod, Spotify, or one of the others, Amazon, Google Podcasts, whatever else, uh, wherever else it is, please, please leave it a five-star rating. Leave it a review. Uh, I've, I've been looking at the reviews, especially on Apple Pod, um, and they've been very encouraging. In fact, I'll probably start reading some. That's what I probably need to start doing to maybe motivate people to do it, is, is read some right here on the air. Uh, but um, got an uptick in ratings. I just, I feel like on Apple podcast, we can get this show ranked and we're going to, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. So if you're a listener on Apple pods, please give it a five-star rating. If you haven't already leave a, leave a positive review and I would greatly appreciate it. All right, let's get into today's lineup. So first off, Shout out to everyone who joined me on Saturday for the watch party of Navy Notre Dame, even though that game was ugly and we're going to get into it, man, we had a lot of fun and there were people on that stream, which almost went four hours. There were people that was on there the entire time engaged in the chat the entire time and it was a blast. So thank you so much. Those of you that were in the mix, um, very much appreciate your involvement in that. And I think we had a lot of fun. And in fact, there were some requests on Saturday of um, doing some sort of stream, live stream during the week as well. So I'm actually going to incorporate that. I've taken the feedback. 
I listen to the people. When the people speak, I do my best to give the people what they want because I am a man of the people. This podcast is the podcast for the people, by the people, and for the people. So, um, but with that being said, uh, well, and also I think we had close to a thousand views slash people tuning in throughout the course of the stream. Um, you know, you have people come in, some people come in for five minutes, some people come in for two minutes, some people come in for 20 minutes. And then you have, you know, we had a little pocket of people that were in there for like three hours and it was a blast. So do not miss the live streams. They are awesome. If you're a listener on one of the streaming platforms, obviously you're going to have to come over to the college game time, YouTube channel to be a part of that. Uh, so that leads me to this week. So what's this week look like? Well, we're going to have our typical episode drop Monday through Friday. Okay. The college game time podcast. We are a Monday through Friday show every single day covering the American athletic conference Thursday, Thursday evening. I will be having a live stream pregame show slash Q and a. All right. We've got UAB and Tulsa starting the season, opening their season on Thursday night. And I think those games are at 8 p.m. Eastern time. In fact, I got it right here. Yeah, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So I don't have a hard time start yet for the stream. It's likely going to be 90 minutes before kickoff. Okay, and we'll go for about an hour, hour 15-ish, and then maybe 10 to 15 before kickoff. We'll call it and we'll all go watch the games. But um, uh, so that'll be a, a, a Thursday night, probably 90 minute-ish, or, or I should say 80 minute-ish, 75 minute-ish uh, live stream pregame show for UAB in Tulsa. And then just a Q&A, you know, we like if you were on the stream Saturday, we had a lot of good conversation, um, you know. The fact that that game was a 42 to three blowout and we still had people on the stream for the entire time shows you how, uh, how engaging and how fun it was, but that'll be Thursday night. And then Saturday morning, uh, I will also do uh, a college game time pregame show. And we're going to just run through preview the American athletic conference. I know a lot of you are going to be watching game day. I'm going to have game day on as well. So put game day on your TV and put the college game time show on your screen, your tablet, your phone, whatever. And if you, you know, we're going to be focused on the American athletic conference, you know? And, uh, so, uh, we got some big games this weekend. Got UNT and Cal. We got UTSA and Houston. Got ECU and Michigan. Um, I, I just, those are kind of the three premier games that sort of pop off the schedule when you look at those matchups uh, and, and the teams that uh, uh, playing against. Got a number two team in the country. I guess you could throw Rice and Texas in there as well um, as far as like big name type matchups. But that North Texas Cal and that UTSA Houston. I'm looking forward to, to watching those. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll do a stream Saturday as well, probably, again, 90 minutes before kickoff, and then we'll end about 10 to 15 minutes before kickoff. And, yeah, so hopefully we'll see you either on Thursday night or Saturday morning or both. I'll be putting the exact times and all that on my Twitter account, so follow me at I'm Trey Smith. And once I have hard start times, I'll, of course, will be promoting them on the Daily Show here, uh, kind of like I did last week for that stream. Well, speaking of the Navy-Notre Dame stream, let's talk about this game for a second. I know you're probably on pins and needles right now wanting to have the discussion about realignment, but let's talk football. It's football season, and football is the priority. And that Navy-Notre Dame game, man, what a tough outing. You know, I felt like on that first Navy drive, 
They were doing exactly what they needed to do. They were staying on schedule. They were controlling the clock, moving the ball. And that was one of my keys to victory for Navy. Like if Navy was going to overcome being a 20 and a half point underdog and pull off an upset, my keys to victory were time of possession, staying on schedule, long sustained drives that end with points. They had a long sustained drive. They went for it on fourth down. They, they threw the ball. So we saw... So you saw one of the passing wrinkles we've been hearing about all season and two receivers were running in the same place, basically ran into each other and drive killed. Notre Dame marches right back down the field, gets a touchdown, and uh, things were looking pretty, pretty dark, pretty meek, pretty, pretty gloomy, kind of like the sky uh, from that point. I really believe had Navy converted that first down and at least gotten a field goal on that drive. I feel like if they got a first down, you know, like if that one receiver doesn't run in, I mean, he was open. And he makes that play, I say they score. And that game's 7-7. And I'm not saying it would have changed the outcome of the game as far as who won, but I do think it was a different type of game. I don't think it was just an absolute blowout. Um, but, man, Sam Hartman, Notre Dame quarterback, transfer from Wake Forest. We've seen him in action. We know he's the real deal. I mean, we saw him lead Wake Forest to an ACC championship game appearance appearance two years ago. We know he's the truth. Has had back-to-back seasons with near 40 touchdown passes. Um, he looked good, man. Four touchdowns. I think he was, what, 18 to 23. Um, man, I have my graphics and I have everything ready to do my little Game Center voiceover recap, but the highlights aren't accessible yet. They haven't uploaded the, the highlight file yet, so um, I was wanting to have that on Sunday. And I was, I'm talking to those of you that heard me mention that on the stream. And I may have even mentioned it on Friday's episode, but if you're wondering where that is, I don't have access to the footage yet. So as soon as I get access to that footage, even though it was a blowout, I'm still going to do one because I like to do one for every American athletic game, uh, uh, this season. Um, I guess, you know, so Hartman now, am I ready to crown Notre Dame as like, Oh man, they're a playoff team, man. Look at it. Those guys. No, like let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's see how they look against Ohio state here in a couple weeks. Can they win that game? Sure. But that's where I think we'll really see. Okay. Is this front the real deal? Because obviously against Navy, their front, their, their front five, their offensive line, they were legit. But how much of that was Navy's defensive line opposed to, you know, not being, being down and not being, you know, able to handle, able to handle what they, what, what Notre Dame's front five had. So we'll see, we'll get a better look at Notre Dame later this season. Um, but man, hats off to them. I can't hate on it. I'm not going to try and spin it any other way. They were prepared. They had a game plan. They executed their game plan. All the hype this offseason around Notre Dame has been about this transfer of Sam Hartman. He certainly looked the part. He did his job. Uh, Marcus Freeman, I don't think, could have started off year two uh, as Notre Dame head coach any better than he did Saturday. You know, it made for a long afternoon for American Athletic Conference fans, but... Uh, those of us that were on the stream, we hung in there till the final whistle, till the clock struck zero, and even some afterwards. But, you know, if I'm Navy, listen, they've got their work cut out for them, right? Um, they're coming off three straight losing seasons. They've got a first-year head coach, not just his first year at Navy, but his first year ever in Brian Newberry. Um, I don't think this game 
is going to define the season for Navy. And I definitely don't think it's going to define the Brian Newberry era. I just think they need to get back to the drawing board, pick themselves off, dust themselves, pick themselves up, dust themselves off and anchor down. One thing about Navy players, teams, coaches, they don't quit. They keep on fighting. Now, do I think Navy's going to be in the hunt for the American this year? No. They'll probably finish at the bottom of the conference, but I believe they will be a much more competitive team as the season goes on than what we saw on Saturday. They got some hardworking kids. They have some talent. Uh, They have a unique system, and I think as Newberry is able to continue to instill his culture and his philosophy and their offense is able to add whatever those wrinkles may or may not be, and, you know, they're not going to play Notre Dame every week. So I think we're going to see a more competitive Navy team as as the season goes on. But, you know, my encouragement to Navy, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and anchor down. All right, let's get to what I know y'all are waiting for on this show, the realignment rumor mill. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw what I put up, I think, on Saturday night, which is rule number one of realignment season. Never trust realignment season, right? I've always said, I've been saying that from the jump. Since I've covered realignment, period, I've always said the hardest part of realignment season is the fluidity of it. Things literally change overnight. And then in some cases... You just have false reports that come out or, or fake reports, not that they were intentionally false, but fake reports that come out that then get a lot of credibility that then all of a sudden the next day it, it looks as if they were invalid. And we saw a little bit of that just this weekend. So let's kind of do a quick rundown from Thursday night to now. And right now being Monday mid-morning is when I'm recording this. So it's, 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 it's actually closer to, closer to lunchtime. Um, Thursday night, man, this, according to reports from credible people, this ACC vote of adding Stanford, Cal and SMU, it was a done deal. I mean, it was happening. It was going to happen. We really, it was either going to happen on, on, on Friday or in the weekend. And I mean, based off the tone, the tweets, the articles, all of this stuff, it was a done deal. Then Friday comes Friday goes. No vote happens. Saturday comes. Saturday goes. No vote happens. Then somewhere over the weekend, there's this Big 12 rumor that starts floating out there that starts getting a lot of credibility, which was what? That, A, suddenly, if the ACC can't get their no votes to turn yes, ESPN is open to bringing in the four, all four pack teams into the Big 12. So not just Stanford and Cal, but Oregon State and Washington State as well. Look, I've been pretty open about this from the jump. I would love that for Oregon State and Washington State, their fan bases, their student athletes, all of that. They deserve that, okay? I've been also saying I don't think that's going to happen. But if, that, if there is still a, 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 a universe in this realignment multiverse where that is a possibility, I hope they get that. Now, selfishly, I want them in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, I love the fans, I love the teams, and I think they would be phenomenal additions to the conference, and not just, not just that, but then as I said on Friday, you know, it would, it would certainly give the conference leverage for more westward expansion, but I won't rabbit trail on that too much. So anyway, so that rumor happens over the weekend 
just on the heels of this ACC vote being a done deal, that all four are likely going to be headed to the Big 12. And I think it was when all that started happening was when I said never trust realignment season because something with me wasn't sitting right about that. I felt like there was, that was a smoke and mirrors. It was either that was smoke and mirrors or the ACC thing was smoke and mirrors. Like, I felt like something here was, was, was smoke. Then, overnight, again, all of a sudden, this Big 12 rumor this, this, it wasn't a rumor. It was a report by credible people. Now is the next morning getting shot down. Like, no, 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 that's not going to happen. And I think that was yesterday morning, Sunday morning. And then throughout Sunday, we start, we start kind of killing the report of all the teams joining the Big 12 to now uh, we're back where we were on Thursday, which was, oh, yeah, 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 the ACC there things are trending very likely that they're going to add all three Stanford, Cal and SMU. They're going to get the no votes turned. Yes. And Thamel will put up another report. He released an article. In fact, his tweet from earlier this morning, he said sources after weekend of conversations, there's continued momentum toward the ACC adding Stanford, Cal and SMU ACC officials are working on gathering the president's chancellors on a call Blah, 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 blah. It's going to be, you know, some point early this week. Haven't heard that before. Sources caution that nothing is finalized. Deal, details are only in pencil. Um, where's the part? Officials are still working specifically on how to divide the pool of money. What pool of money? The money that Cal, Stanford, and SMU would be foregoing that would be dispersed to the rest of the conference, which is just still mind-boggling to me. Not foregoing the money, but the, the, the principle of helping your competition to join your competition. That, that, that's the piece. Anyways, and so it looks like that amount of money, that pool of money is going to be about 50 to $60 million annually. Some of that will be distributed to all members, and the rest will be put into a pool for success initiatives. Here's some thoughts on this, and I'll try to make it quick. I want to shout out my new friend, Immaculate View, at Immaculate View on Twitter. He's a great follow if you're a college football fan. He doesn't seem to just focus on one particular conference. He tends to have good insight and thoughts on the general landscape. Um, I was on the Big 12 Mafia show last Thursday, representing for the American Conference in Big 12 country. Okay, had a great conversation with, with, with Immaculate and Bomber, um, Nathan. And uh, one of the things, one, one of immaculate's theories with this acc vote makes a lot of sense to me and immaculate i know sometimes you watch and listen uh if i misrepresent uh your thinking here feel free to correct it in the comments i'm not going to go into the full scope but they're just just a very small piece of 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 his theory is basically what's pin what, what's holding up this acc vote is he thinks that the no votes which right now we know i think are clemson florida state north carolina north carolina state he thinks there's more than just that that are silent no's. And what they're, what they're expecting to happen is when the grant of rights reopens for the addition of the new teams, that they put a revision in that adds a flat rate exit fee. Whatever that number is, but it's an exit fee that teams can pay to jump ship. Immaculate, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's saying if they don't put that little caveat in, he doesn't think the ACC gets the, they, they get the votes. That's just a theory. You're welcome to disagree with that. That's a theory, though, that makes sense to me. And it also makes sense why they're putting together all these models 
trying to show these no votes, hey, here's how much money we can increase you to if we get these teams in. Here's the problem, though. Even with this additional revenue, they're still not going to be able to get those teams that are unhappy up to SEC Big Ten type numbers. So the SEC Big Ten is still going to be more appeasing and enticing to the Clemsons, Florida States, North Carolinas, North Carolina State even. Sounds like they're not going to be left out. There's Virginia, there's Virginia Tech, there's Miami. I mean, we have Big Ten and SEC interest in those teams I just named. So it's like, okay, can they put together a model here where all the teams get a little bit of something and then the most competitive teams get the most of it and then whatever that quote-unquote most of it amount is, will that be enough to keep a team happy enough to not want to jump ship and have to really disrupt the current grant of rights? Does that make sense? Um, so that's where I think things are at. Um, I, I like Immaculate's theory on that. Um, even if his theory is wrong, what, what is a clear fact is that right now the, the, they're going to have to put something in place. It's like they don't have enough to keep happy who they're trying to keep happy. Now, are they going to be able to flip one or two of them like a North Carolina state, North Carolina? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Um, but from my vantage point, the longer this thing drags out, the less likely it is to happen. Now, I say that, and for all I know, I could log on Twitter right now, and it's already happened, right? I have no idea. In fact, while we're here, why don't I just go ahead and do that, just to make sure. Or by the time I get this uploaded and posted and all that good stuff. So, yeah, it doesn't look like anything. doesn't look like I've missed anything. Though this tweet I just put up is getting a lot of, that's funny. I put up on Twitter, if you don't follow me, I, I, I quote tweeted Pete Thamel talking about, you know, because SMU's giving up all revenue share for seven years. And I think the piece of that that's like mind boggling to me is the fact that like it's, it's not just that they're giving that up. It's where what they're giving up is going and it's going right back to their competition. So it's like they're, they're willing to help their competition to join their competition. And I just put up something. I said, yeah, sources, I'm hearing that SMU is willing to give uh, uh, teams a seven-point lead in all conference games for the first five years. Uh, and then the, uh, after the first five years, that lead will drop to a three-point lead for the following 10 years, something like that anyways, just being funny. Because I just that there's a principle there, there's a precedence there that I just don't agree with. But I also get it. I mean, it's realignment season. There's a lot about realignment that I don't agree with. Is it destroying college sports, college athletics? I mean, it's certainly changing it as we know it. Is it destroying it? Maybe. Time will tell. But So where does that leave Oregon State and Washington State? Well, they're in a frustrating position because as much as they don't want to be waiting on what Stanford does, they kind of are. Because if Stanford and Cal don't get in the ACC, there is still a hope from their vantage point of like trying to rebuild the pack from poaching. Now I've given plenty of my thoughts on why I don't think that's going to be very successful and I won't rehash that here, but they're not just, they're not just at a standstill though, meaning they're not just sitting on their hands waiting for Stanford to make a move. No, they're starting to explore their options as well. And that's what we talked about on Friday 
reports came out that they had met with the Mountain West. And then the one thing that's changed since I dropped my episode on Friday is initially Oresco was going to meet remotely, uh, which I don't have confirmation if he already has, but the wording around that meeting felt like it seemed like it was going to be happening over the weekend while Oresco was in Ireland as he was reported to have been in Ireland. Um, but the other thing that came out over the weekend was that he had also, Oresco also has in-person meetings set up with Washington State and Oregon State. And I told you what my pitch would be if I'm Oresco. All right, we're going to talk money first. We're going to talk big cities and AAU representation. And then we're going to talk about westward expansion. And the thing that I didn't really go too much into on Friday, but I think you could also throw in there is that recruiting footprint. You know, you join the American, man, you're getting exposure into Texas, Florida, the Southeast. I mean, the, the, the hottest recruiting beds in the country. So we, 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 we have to wait and see how this plays out. I, I hope uh, we can work out some sort of uh, quote-unquote reverse merger for uh, Oregon State, Washington State, and the American Conference. But I do think this ACC vote's going to be part of it. It's going to be, you know, we need that to happen. And, uh, and uh, then we'll just see how the chips fall. But looking at the time here, that's going to about do it for our Monday episode. I'll continue to remind you of all the things we have coming up this week. We'll continue to follow realignment. We'll continue to preview games. And, uh, man, it's exciting. It's week one. It's time to go, baby. It's go time. Appreciate you watching. Appreciate you listening. Like, subscribe. Leave me a five-star rating. And uh, until tomorrow, that's it for me, Trey Smith, College Game Time.